Peace, love, blessings, and honor. Thanks for joining us, everyone. I'm your co-host, Eyes Red. And I'm your co-host, Reality Soldier. And we are Garvey's Ghost in the Spectrum of Roots. I knew you'd be I knew you'd be impressed with that. That was a good intro, that right? Yeah. I told you. I thought. <laughs> well, today is a very, very special day, and I'm really mm-hmm. chuffed. Yeah, me too. We've got um, a fellow that I've known for a little while. And haven't seen him <laughs> for a little while. And he's uh well, let me just read out some of I don't know. Tell me if this is right. It just seems he's a world Tai Chi champion. Wow. He is a European gold medalist. What? <laughs> He's an instructor. Again, let me get this right. Long Fei Tajikwan. I said that right, didn't I? Yes. <laughs> and he's also a resident. You're still teaching at the London School of Hapido. Yes. <sighs> anything else to that? Did I miss anything out, Major? Because that seems like resume. a lot. <laughs> yeah. That's Keep a resume. Simple. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, a lifelong martial artist, uh, boys and girls. And um, I'm really happy that we're here to have a chat with him and talk about his life, his philosophy, his achievements. And um, the thread running through it is that we're Londoners here. We all used to go shaka as well. So that's, that's, yeah. that's, that's, a, big, that's yeah. a big thing. I think one thing we should do, though, mention his name. Yeah, what's your what's name again? <laughs> Barry McGinley. There you go. <laughs> now, Ladies and gentlemen. Do we call you Master Barry or Sifu Barry or... Just Baza. Just Baza. Easy Baza. Yeah. we like it. We like that, we like that. Okay, so I know that was a lot, that was a lot. You've done many different martial arts and we're not going to go too, too deep into all the ramifications i'm more interested in the person behind mm. the achievement mm. so um tell us a little bit about the early days where you were born the home life all that sort of stuff what's the story mm. i know you're gonna i know what he's gonna tell us you know he's gonna say yeah i was born on a junk in kowloon <laughs> and then i was taken up into the mountains in the shaolin temple <laughs> Yes. And if it's not so, please inform us. <laughs> so, on my way here to East London, the land of the rising sun, okay. in the ghetto of, yes, of East London, <laughs> where some of our Chinese immigration and, and people, the wash houses, right. and uh, this is where I was born. Okay. okay. Hackney. So yeah, actually born I was born in Hackney. in Hackney Hospital, original Kung Fu Cockney guru. Ah. <laughs> I was born in Hackney and uh, off Midway, Mid, Midway Road, off Dalston Kingston High Road. Oh, well, you okay. used to live there. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, and then we lived in Hackney Downs Estate, okay. right, which was not easy yeah. um, back in the day. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, so the hospital is it's the old Hackney Hospital, which now. is no longer. Yeah, it, mm. you know what it is now because I was born there. You know what uh, it is now. No. It's an institution for uh, the mentally challenged. Mm. Oh, okay. Yeah. I don't want to make any <laughs> trite jokes or draw any parallels yeah. with my own yes. crazy disposition, <laughs> but yeah, folks, it's true. Yes. <laughs> so I was born in Hackney. And kind of bred up in Glasgow. Okay. Uh, my mum is Irish and Scottish. My father is Chinese. Right. My father does come from Kowloon. Wow. And uh, he was uh, an accountant oh. and basically kind of 
done all the books for the Chinese restaurants wow. in Chinatown. Look at that. Cool. And uh, I mean, down Chinatown, you mean? In London, West, Chinatown. Yeah, yeah, yeah. okay. The, uh, the Chinatown. Chinatown, yeah, right. in, in London. Mm. And uh, so kind of like back in the day, you would have maybe two books. Okay. <laughs> mm. Yeah, yeah. So uh, he knew how to cook the books. Hey. As opposed to, yeah. and, uh, in that yeah. work. Work the work. For real. So yeah, it was, it was born in 1967, so very much a 60s child. Yeah. Mm. And, uh, was your father a martial artist? Or? My father wasn't really a martial artist, mm. and, but he was a bit of a, bit of a lad. Okay. And he knew who to look after himself right. from the stories what I hear right. from my mother. And uh, I didn't really kind of grow up with him. Okay. And it was uh, something which this is probably part of my martial art journey. Right. A, a, is looking for my culture and my mm. heritage. Yes, sir. The same. That makes uh, a lot of sense. Uh, which I didn't really understand right. when I was in the process, like a lot of us don't understand. Mm. Okay. And it's only in high sight we go. Ah, right, right, okay. okay. I was searching. Okay. And uh, so, so that's how I kind of got into it in that sense. So, how was your what, what was your experience um, being in school in the? So my experience in school with uh, primary school particularly. In primary school was was uh, primary school. I had memories of again living in a very kind of rough area, King's Cross, mm. in, in the 70s. Wow. Where, like, <laughs> like, like proper ladies yeah. of the night. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh, drugs. And, and the drugs. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, it, I was brought up by my mother. Mm. I was. So my father wasn't around. Right. Any siblings? And uh, I've got siblings, Yes. Uh, one of them is no longer with us. He oh, took his life. He did, oh, oh, and uh, and that's part of probably our upbringing and post traumatic right. stress of, trauma. Yeah. of the trauma. As we're understanding a lot more oh, yeah. in this day and age, how Absolutely. ancestral trauma is passed on. Absolutely, in many different in our ancestors, and yeah. sometimes our ancestors also choose who to kind of give a custodial kind of seal to, to change it as well. Right. Which I believe. Okay. And uh, like, yeah, man, you're, you're, you're here to, to change yeah. things. To break the cycle. And yes. Rectify and yes. Yes. solidify. And uh, so, yeah, all of that. I know suddenly we're going in a bit deep. No, it's cool. <laughs> yeah, no, it's cool. It's but uh, like we said, we want to know you as a person. Yes. So, so my roots is very much kind of like East London, kind of single parent family, mm. kind of uh, mixed raced, mongrel. Because back in the day, it, in that sense of, in 1967, so close to the 70s, you know, the, the whole boat person kind of vibe. Right. Oh yeah, you boat person being, yeah. now I may not look well, we so much Chinese. Boat, it, so. Yes. Mm. Because so, I'm mixed race as well, so it's the yes. same kind of, do you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. So, uh, yeah, it was a lot of racism at school. Mm. Yeah. School in Scotland was tough, and I, I can't emphasise the word tough I enough. can imagine. And uh, only being the non-white kind of non person in the school, 
even however I'm, I may look white, mm. but I definitely wasn't, and I and I came from, as I say, a broken home, right, yeah. as Gil Scott Heron would say. Yeah, but we wasn't broken. Yeah, yeah. we were strong. Yeah, and uh, and this teacher goes, "Why are you taking so long?" You know, and then I push my desk, and uh, oh, you're gonna do your kung fu then, you know. And I, I just ran out of the class and run all the way home, told my mum. My mum was just like, come, we're going straight back there. <laughs> Pulled me all the way there to the school. Where's the teacher? Where's the, come here. What did you say to my son? Mm-hmm. <laughs> she slapped the teacher right in the face. I was like, oh, no. My mum done the same thing. And <laughs> what can I say? You know, one woman army. Yeah. One mother, Formidable. Yeah. Yeah. And she stood, she stood by strong. And, I think uh, that's the Scottish and Irish roots as well. Yes. That very, blood, man. It's just, yeah, yeah. They've got that fire. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah. Definitely. That's right. And uh, yeah, there was lots of, and then after that, they used to, was it strict? Yes. You used to get the belt. Mm. A leather strap. Yeah. Like that. Mm-hmm cut like a V, like a snake tongue. See? And the teacher, head teacher would always say, watch Barry take the belt, everyone. Mm. And if you switched, extra one. <laughs> and never used to switch, just hold it like that. that and just look him in the eye. Just <laughs> look him in the eye. victimised at school? Sorry? Was you victimised because you was Mick Grace, do you think? Uh, yes. And look, there was a point where I used to, I was made to drink, you know, the toilet water Hmm. and you would drink the toilet water, Hmm. um, the kids, but then I'll be fighting as well every day that school, I must have smashed every single window in that school. The police come round to my house. We look so angelic and so beautiful because we are beautiful. And they came round and go, oh, we have, you know, and, you know, we're standing behind my mum, me and my brother. And they're just like, they couldn't possibly do that. Look Mm. how beautiful these children are. (laughs) We smashed every window in that place. So... When did you? Was there a discernible difference between your experience in Scotland in school and then coming back to school yes. in London? <laughs> Big time. <laughs> you say, I'm home. Yes. <laughs> when we came to London. What age did you come back? We came about eleven. Okay. We did. So starting secondary. So we we had a turbulent childhood mm. and it was I you got ribbed for your accent would have been somewhat Scottish oh it was pure Glaswegian <laughs> was it okay oh, dear. Aye, it was pure yeah, Glaswegian yeah. you know Aye. what I mean we man <laughs> yeah. this is no fucking about man <laughs> alright yeah just get in there man and just give yeah, yeah. one you know it was it was full on yeah. Scottish accent and uh yeah but my mum come from a big family like six uncles Right. And a sister, when we lived in Scotland, a part of that story I just told you, pre that, I lived with my nan and my granda in one room. My mum, me and my brother, and my two uncles in another room. Mm. And my auntie and uncle and their five kids in another room. Right, yeah. And with a dog, of course. Right, yeah. right, right. <laughs> and and we all and it was the best times of my yeah, life all family. together. Yep. 
and, and it was proper kind of like full on tribe, like big. Yeah. It's like, okay. So no one really messed with us, but at the same time we had lots of fires, but my uncles would always make sure it was fair. See, But I guess there would have been that kind of us against the world kind of mentality that builds that resilience in you. Yes. But you say it was it was sound pretty horrific, you know what I mean? Yeah. Kids drink toilet, toilet water, water fighting every day. Yeah. But that would have sort of solidified that family yeah. strength, that mm. family character. Yes, very, very so much. So when you so. came to London, it was like piece of cake. Oh, London was like coming to like Toy Town. <laughs> it was easy. Yeah. It was like, wow. Yeah. People look a bit like me. Yeah. They yeah, look yeah. not quite. You know, white, they're not black, they're yeah, kind of yeah, mixed, yeah. they're like, it's great. I, was it, like, I guess yes. it was easier to have that cultural affinity with other people oh. as well. So that you mm. share that. And yeah. so essential for a teenage boy in particular. Mm. Very, very much. And a fatherless teenage boy yeah. as well. Yeah, for real. You know, without the the guardian of, of a male yeah. figure, which which was really important, even though I had a very strong female and you can understand why why these female figures are incredibly powerful and strong in our mm-hmm. in our in history. our culture in general yeah, culture. i mean coronation street is yeah. very it's all about the yeah. matri- the matriarchs yeah. of every every household yeah. they were the strongest characters yeah mm. but i suppose your uncles would have played that male role model within your family unit yes they when you did was around them yeah yeah, but mm. they did, and it was kind of like hot and cold. Okay. Because in that sense, we came from... Not only did you have, like, the cultural difference in that sense of Chinese, Scottish and Irish, mm. but then you we also had the religion of the Protestant and Catholic yeah, thing. Because oh, wow. I lived in an environment which was a Catholic environment, right. and literally we had pictures of, like, you know, the Pope... Yeah, yeah, and then you had mates who were Protestants, and they lived on the other mm. area where the popes of you know King Billy, mm. and you know we had the IRA and the UDA, right, yeah. and, yeah, and yeah, you yeah. couldn't have mates who were like yeah, all of that. Today's so we had generation just don't know. It, they got a clue, bro. Like, it, it, it was it, yeah. You, I remember them times. It was tough. Yeah. It was, and that was just in Glasgow. I mean. Yeah. Who knows what it was like mm. in Northern and, Ireland? And you know, it kind of it underlines how you know, as a young male, all of these influences, all of these experiences, they they sort of it's almost like they make you or they break you. Mm. I know many people. You probably know a lot of people yeah. went down the criminal road and just mm. went yep. straight on the bad, the badness. Yeah. And then there's there's something in us. Maybe maybe it's um, not to upset our mothers or whatever it was that. We managed to stay this side of the line yes. and find another form of expression that turns out to be quite productive and wholesome, and that's character building, isn't it? It is, and uh, that, that there was that those almost the two worlds that I lived in, and uh, going to secondary school and 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 especially in London, mm. and uh, it, it 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 was it was very it was a great place to be because mm. family wasn't and home life wasn't too good. So mm. school was good. I was mainly the carer. Right. And uh, right. So, so it was like, it was tough for me in that sense. So you have to grow up very quick. Right. And uh, yeah, so, so it wasn't, 
yeah, it was a great place to be school, mm-hmm. like making like kung fu movies or, mm. or or being in a in a London education authority. Right. It yeah. was like I think that yeah. was the forefront of great education seeing at the time because uh, you had real teachers who wanted to be teachers so and embraced mm. people of differences yeah who come from a broken home or, yes. or stuff like that yeah, not yeah. quite the norm yeah and uh so, so they were and like youth workers they were really youth workers yeah. and there weren't almost any boundaries there it was very integrated yeah and they cared for you and, and they, they, you know, that they, they gave you time, which maybe you, you didn't get from true. family and, mm, and true, from true. the Absolutely. home. So you mentioned the teachers. I remember the very foundational teachers that kind of shaped the trajectory of my life. And I could, I could name them now mm. as, you, as you would. But I'm interested in their impact on you and how you was able to sort of take into account all your experiences and then started to go on your journey to the current day. How did that, Mm. how did that go? Well, to the current day, to where it came from, Mm. I I would say it was more like the youth centers, the youth clubs, the, I, I spent most of my time in a, and a, don't think they have them anymore, adventure playgrounds. Mm, yeah. And where you would literally uh, be up 20, 40, 60 feet high, mm, yeah. running, jumping, yeah. swinging off ropes. I mean, they would all be, yeah. you know, like closed. Mm. They, they do not have them. The word adventure playground yeah. probably doesn't exist and yeah, it's not allowed to. They're not allowed to play when it's raining. They're not allowed to go out when it's snowing. And, and stuff like this. Yeah. So... I, I spent most of my time climbing trees on Hampstead Heath because mm. we came back from from living in King's Cross to the East End in Hackney to then coming back at the age of 11. And we actually arrived homeless okay. in, uh, in, in, in London, oh. we did, because uh, my mother basically saw a murder and the, the, the police couldn't protect us. Wow. So we were basically on the road and on a night bus from Glasgow and the police literally said, we cannot do anything there. Yeah. Like, wow. I thought we had it hard, yeah. bro. This is, man, and, we were uh, living fairly and, and we basically lived uh, for a couple of days in on the edge of the road where they had these buildings uh, when they were doing roadworks. They had these little metal corrugated iron sheds you okay. you could too probably remember them mm. on the side of the road yeah, yeah. then they have a little door they had two benches then you had oh, donkey they jackets yeah. Adam, was it? There. yeah i remember them yeah so uh like a workman kind yeah, of yeah yeah yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, they had they obviously not allowed to have those type of things on the road now yeah. <laughs> right. they'll all be sleeping in it <laughs> yeah trust me and uh so so we came back to london like that and Going from school was, and all the teachers were just incredible, welcoming mm. and, and just loving and, and mm. good vibes. Mm. That and, must have been a stark change. It yeah, it, it was, uh, yeah it, it was a big, big difference from Glasgow. Did that make you more of a, a better student in terms of your actual learning? You no, just, oh, it, it didn't. There was, okay. too, there was too much confusion. Right. Even... 
uh, I experienced the love and the, the good vibes from all of those teachers, but I was still finding my way mm. and that there wasn't any self-esteem right. e even then that it was very low self-esteem right. and and it wasn't any self-love it was just pure survival right pure survival so you didn't even get a chance to really think about ambition and what you wanted absolutely to do absolutely not i, I wow. you know there, there, there was absolutely no yeah. way wow. and and there, there, there was nothing of that there wasn't any future it was it was very right bleak Day-to-day -day living, basically. Yes, yeah. Surviving. Yeah, and, and especially looking after uh, a yeah. parent. Yeah. And, uh, it, yeah, it was... It was so tough. the incident that why you had to came back, did have a, uh, quite a toll on mum then? Well, it had a toll on mum and probably my brother as well because okay. apparently he possibly saw it happen wow. as well. Oh, man. So, so there was lots of things going on, but... A lot of things, as in, in family, don't really get come out until later yeah. mm. in life, 20, 30, 40 years, mm. and it's like stuff like that. And, and so, so, yeah, there, there, there's lots of stuff. I guess as a young person going through all of that stuff, I mean, there would have been avenues for you to, like, almost like escapism. For me, it was definitely music. Music and, and literature, I would read go in my room because I had a room. That was mm. a new thing mm. in the later part of my life, but uh, teenage life, but having your own space. Yeah. But only because I had three younger sisters <laughs> who, and boys and girls, you know, that dynamic. Mm. So I had to have my room. And reading and music was my escape. So I'm figuring that music would have been an escape for you. What, what, what were you first uh, into? What, what can I say? Music was a big saviour for mm. me. What were you into? And... and that would have been, it would have been Bob Marley, the Beatles, mm. basically. And and not even, we, we used to have like Walkermans, but we had some dodgy, cheap version of, mm. of a Walkerman and we couldn't quite, not the Sony Walkerman See, work yeah. with the all trendy thing. What do you mean? Some, walk, a Walkman. Walkman yeah. A Walkerman oh, yeah. is like a, a, a cassette. A cassette. Yeah. Which was oh, uh, yeah, yeah. A, a cassette player, and you put it in, and you have the batteries, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and when you didn't have the money, you spin it around with a pencil <laughs> to save the batteries. <laughs> and uh, and I used to literally go to bed, listening hmm. to the Beatles, Bob Marley, and listening to an audio, talking of Bruce Lee. Oh, okay. And that was my kind of saviour. Yeah. In that sense of 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 what I would. I'd, I probably got it from Camden Market or something right, like right. that. Okay. And uh, yeah, so All music right. was a big thing for me. You were saying that music was a big part of your life. It's a source of, you know, escapism for everybody in that time, especially in the 70s. Not only that, we had some damn good music Absolutely. in those times. <laughs> <as well. laughs> it's a revolution. Sorry, I don't want to be ageist or nothing, <laughs> but what are you like, listening to? To nowadays it? it's rubbish um <laughs> so all right music and you'd already done um some judo while you was up in scotland so yes and i imagine as being of, of uh mixed heritage chinese as well you would have drawn a lot of affinity with one of the greatest people of the, the 20th legend. century Liu Xiaolong, bruce lee so how yes. did you tap into that what what was so you must have drawn a, a lot of energy from that very much so mm. that, that that it was what one of those things like all young boys had 
posters. <laughs> posters of Bruce Lee yeah. everywhere. What was yeah. wallpaper in them yeah. days? We didn't have none. No. Yes. <laughs> we used to cover up all the patterns on the wallpaper. Everything. <laughs> Every square inch. Yes. And he was, again, our saviour. Mm. And uh, our, our teacher, our long-distance remote teacher. See, definitely. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> in that sense. We, we, we never met in person, but mm. he taught us all many, many things. Yeah. It's phenomenal the impact he's had. I mean, yes. cross-culturally. I mean, there is not a black community on planet Earth. Mm. I would say that is not heavily yeah. influenced and has such reverence for this one man. Yeah. And the more you learn about him, it's this sort of openness and generosity of spirit where he was open to everybody. Cause before that it was very dogmatic and very mm. regimented. Yes. Did That's, you pick up on that earlier on? Uh, absolutely. And just the, the, the whole thing about his wife as well, being white American, mm. the mixed yeah. With, with his son and daughter in mm. later life, the whole thing of him coming from Asia and mm. and then teaching, being open, what we discovered later on in his life, being very open. Mm. And it's not about colour or race or faith. It's just, I really like you. And, yeah. and, and I think mm. we're, we're, we can have a good vibe, keep teaching, coaching, The philosophy learning. of being a human being. Yes, yeah, and, yeah. and that was very much holding truth him and muhammad ali oh, okay. and bob marley yeah. we're talking about idols. role models yeah. and idols which yeah. we, we don't really have that in this day and age mm. of such substance yeah what really stood for something yeah i can't and and yeah. and these are like lifetime icons mm. what which are which are kind of makings of me mm. and as i say that i was like God, I feel like taking words from Curtis Mayfield. Well, These well, are the makings it's the of truth. me. I mean, I mean, later, as you say that, yeah. that was that was underlined even further when I read the autobiography of Malcolm X. And it was this sort of thing where you see the transformation from this sort of street hood. Mm. A very intelligent young man mm. got battered and bruised by racism, yeah. withdrew, became a street thug and then found redemption. Yeah. And it's this sort of the ability to be able to journey and transition into a greater and a higher higher being. Yes. Exemplified by martial arts. Yeah. hundred yeah. percent. Yeah, very very much so. Mm. And Bruce Lee was one of those characters and I think, you know, what we 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 seen it in a movie, you know, no dogs, no Chinese mm. in that park. What we had it very recently here in the UK. No blacks, no Irish, mm. no dogs. Yes. I have friends who they're their their father is Irish and their mum is Guyanese and and for mm. them to try and find a flat they yeah. were like smuggling each other into houses yeah. and when yeah. the landlady came they'd be in the cupboard yeah. you know Shane and or the other one would give sympathy for the Irish one yeah, or the other yeah. give sympathy for the black lady who mm. came from Guyana and they met yeah. at the dance halls mm. and the, the places where they dance and they mm. just fell in love because yeah. that's what we do yeah. irrelevant of Colour, class, yes. Yeah. So, apart from sort of a cultural affinity, what did you initially get when you started to get more serious? I know you did judo when you was younger, but when you decided, oh, I'm going to do this now, that time when you said, I'm going to do a martial art, what, what did you start? Well, with? I started judo, aikido, hapkido. Wow. And uh, so we're, we're, we're talking about 
that the, the things my mum took me very early on to a karate class mm. and stuff like that. But because we were so transient and always moving from one home mm. to the other, everything w- w- was just never settled. Right. There, there was never. So it was never consistent. That's interesting. Nothing, never. That's so interesting. Never. That you, I say that because it's reflected in your own journey of doing yes. different, different arts yes. rather than sort of locking down it, as, yeah. as would have been the case then a man would just stay in one thing mm. yes I guess that's right bruce bruce's philosophy would have enabled you to take advantage of that transience then. yes just yeah. being sort of open and less dogmatic yeah very very, very much so mm. and and i and i think kind of going to uh, i i was at st pancras boxing club which is one of the oldest boxing clubs in Great Britain, wow. and uh, and and that was in Lynhurst Hall in Tunbridge Club. It wasn't part of Repton or anything. No, oh, okay. no, it was pre that right. apparently, and I had a good career and and I was good at boxing, and it was that again I mentioned Muhammad Ali, that mm. you know, the mm. amazing yes. human being and and amazing achievements of that human, what he'd done and what he had to deal with in life so much yeah my mum was and it was very clear to us to see that taking headshots is not good for you mm. and my mum was very wise and also I had a coach who gave me gloves who would pick me up and take me there and invested a lot of time in me but my mum again woman's intuition she mm. said I don't quite like this guy. <laughs> we could see. Your mum sounds incredible. <laughs> and little did I know, but in the future I heard... He wasn't a nice guy. He wasn't a nice guy. Ah, and that was a common... See, thing. mother's intuition, man. It's yes. just like, you know... And this is where we need the female energy and oh, the male no, energy yeah. constantly. Yeah. yeah. Constantly. And, and Yin and yang. And, and uh, that this is why it's really important for the youths, for for family units to, to, to be as best as we can. It's tough. Mm. It's not easy mm. to, to, to collaborate and harmonise mm. and unify as parents and, and kind of stand by yeah. our children and yeah. be observant enough to watch. So keep a watchful eye on them. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. And that shapes you as an adult. So I said no. Himself. I was, and literally he came around my house. Can I have the gloves back? Okay. And I was like, mm, here you go. Here's the gloves. And I gave the boxing gloves, and they were expensive back in those days. Um, getting any form of gloves right. or anything, mitts. Yeah. And uh, so I let go of the boxing and went down more the avenue of the martial arts and, and just got more into Hapkido okay. did, which is a Korean form of martial right. arts, which we see in uh, Game of Death okay. of one of Bruce Lee's teachers, yeah. Jae Han Jae, okay. who, who was uh, a character in one of Bruce Lee's movies, who was uh, an amazing uh, You know, it's funny you said that. I always think that it's... It, I don't know what it was, but I always felt that it was... I, I, not respect to Master G, but I always felt it wasn't a great representation. He's he's being in that, yeah. And if if I want to show somebody that I want to, 
I want to demonstrate someone in the movie industry who does my art. Mm -hmm. I'd always point to Master Wong in Sick. Especially yeah, yeah. in Dragon Abs Lord absolutely. with Jackie Chan. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. That fluid... Yeah. <laughs> absolutely, but unfortunately, he's not with, you know, one of the godfathers right. of Kung Fu movies. Yeah, exactly. Bruce Lee. So exactly. this is why I say his word. One of the best fight scenes is with Jackie Chan mm. and, and Wang Shong... Uh, Wang Insik. Wang Insik. Mm. That was Dragon Lord, wasn't yes, it? Yes, yeah. yes, yes, on the mountain top. And he's and smoking he does a cigarette the, and just yeah, basically and taking the meat. Yeah, yeah. and uh, yeah, he's an incredible martial artist. Yeah. And, and even... Well, but again, Hapkido then had its foot, one foot in old school and one foot in the new school. Yeah. With Bruce Lee and then with Jackie Chan yes. mm. yeah. in two very iconic characters of of the new of yeah. Jackie Chan and mm. then the old school guy in, with with Bruce Lee. Yes. So, so uh, again, you know that prompt what you just said is, yeah. is interesting. So you're talking about the the films and the, the the artists in the films, Jackie Chan, Bruce Lee. Do you think the films were portraying the art in their true form? When we were seeing it? Uh, when we were seeing it, we probably didn't have a squat diddly do what, mm. what it was. Mm. But we loved it. Right, so yeah. We loved the revenge. Oh, okay. Right. The storyline, the plot. The, the revenge <laughs> yeah. of, of the downtrodden, you yeah. know. Mm. Yeah. Being made to walk, you know, crawling on your knees yeah, yeah. to then going back to the master yeah, yeah, yeah. and then master building you up, making you strong yeah, yeah. and powerful yeah, and, yeah, yeah. and the whole kind of vibe. So, Because the other thing with the, the movies as well is like there's a premise. It's almost like the cause for there to be an action and then a reaction. Mm -hmm. So in, in movie writing techniques, you know, you got to have that. That's your motivator, your vengeance. Yes. Whereas in the real world, martial arts is about self-control. Right. It's, yeah, it's yeah, about yeah. being dispassionate. Yeah. <laughs> yes. But you don't, you don't learn that until later. Yes. And there's a great quote that you said, something like, um, what is it? Uh, I'm going to read it. Fighting is not martial arts. Martial arts is culture and a philosophy. And I really love that quote. Mm, yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's like, yeah, we could talk about fighting as, as a means of exacting retribution. Mm -hmm. And yes. it becomes very emotional. That culture the philosophy the the history and i think this is why a lot of i can only say from my experience of what i witnessed and what i saw is a lot of west indian people of color was fascinated by martial arts because mm. it had history mm. it had culture mm. and of ancient thing which was deprived mm. of them well, it tapped and into that oppressed yes, people as yeah. well right yes yeah but but that unless you were really educated and you were searching from a young that's why we were fascinated by yeah. water margin yeah monkey magic, monkey magic. Mm. <laughs> history yeah. philosophy ancient lands yeah. yes. we were so desperate for it mm. But these things just captured us. It was like a spell. It was yeah. magic. Mm. Just kind of like going, because we were so deprived of it. Yeah. But there is a spirituality to martial arts as well, isn't there? 
Yes, and I almost detest the word spirituality. <laughs> Sorry, I was being it, it, no, no, when because I said everything it. what it represents now, yeah, it, it, now, in that sense, yeah. where people have captured and hold it and twisted it and, yeah. and mutated it yeah. into into the Oxford kind of mindfulness and yeah. mindfulness, mindless. Get out of the mind. There you yeah. go. Mind. Mindless. Let's have, let's have mind instinct. Mindful. Mindful. Yeah. yeah. Mindless. Yeah. You know, as they said in the 60s, get out of your mind. Yeah, exactly. Stop thinking. So what would you call, what would you call that? Because I wouldn't know. I would, I, I, I would say, from my experience, I've always been searching for the scholar warrior mm. approach, mm. the intellect to heart. And, and understanding, and, and again, when we talk about the physicality of martial arts and transcending it, mm. the, 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 and, and that's where these characters like Bob Marley, Muhammad Ali, Bruce Lee, they transcended what, right. what they, the, it wasn't just music to just yeah, jump yeah, up yeah. and down and yeah. party to and have a yeah, good time. Yeah. And, you know, when man is going into prison to go, no, yeah. I'm yeah. going to fight. You transcended Leonard a boxing match. I think I mean, Lennox Lewis got a lot of criticism or side eye from people because he sort of was, he didn't want to be this sort of thug like you know like like Richard Pryor said to Leon, "What do you do?" I'm not motherfucker. But Lennox was coming with this thing like, "I like to play chess," and they were going, "What?" Yeah. <laughs> it was like, "Oh, you you got a, a higher intellect yeah. thing going on. Yes. We want brutality." Yeah, yeah <laughs> that's right. You're probably ahead of his time again. Exactly. Absolutely. People not ready for it. Exactly. Mm. Yeah. And and I think that's the duality of physical combat and in uh, philosophy, higher mm. thinking, higher higher yes. resonance. It's mm. that yin and yang. That's the yin and yang. Yes. I think people focus mainly on the flashy technique and yeah. how high can you kick. Yeah. Absolutely. Knowing that the higher you kick is the more okay. unstable you yeah. are. High yes. kicks are out, baby. Yeah. Just in case you didn't know, yeah. high kicks are out. <laughs> yes. <laughs> But that, that the beauty, and we're all attracted by that the, the flashiness yes, of, of, of it all, yeah, and it's yeah. it's great, and almost well, balletic. Yes, and and also when we talk about that in a physical sense and a, a non uh, in a metaphysical sense, mm. when we're young as kids, we need to come. So we need to do these big movements. Mm. Move. Yeah. Pa, pa. Yeah, yeah. It all has to be Physical big expression. movements. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then as we get older and wiser, things become a lot more We're subtle. Fine, yeah. Just even the way you hold the cup of tea and, yeah. and the man the tea. You're <laughs> I, like, I think that's the wisdom like, of age. Ooh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. As, you mentioned, as you mentioned young people, just incidentally, yeah. quick... Um, Things like conflict resolution, it's like, um, I've got another quote of yours, is if you're there, don't be there. And the voice is, is a really important weapon and should be used before physical violence. I'm a great advocate mm. of that. Yeah. And that moment of clarity that I described earlier, it was like, yeah. this fella looked into my eyes and saw that I was at one with the universe and whatever energy he was coming with, nothing was said to him. <laughs> the face was placid. I was, I was supremely placid mm. and in tune with the universe and he turned literally turned on his feet and ran away <laughs> didn't walk away ran back to his car got in and drove off um 
anybody would say martial arts is a good thing for young people. We see the state of young people running up and down doing all kind of madness nowadays, right? Youth crime, kids walking up and down with zombie knives mm -hmm. and the whole lot. If I had a choice and I had money, I would in I would instill martial arts training at school. Yeah. As you know, part of your PE lessons for that tranquility and that whole yoga, all of that stuff. If you had a, a budget, unlimited budget from the Home Office, and they said, "Right, we're putting you in charge of youth development," how would you go about it? Uh, I would, I would, again, adopt your approach very much so, mm. and also, I don't know if you're aware, but in Thailand, some of the young kids, like when you're eighteen, twenty. You have to spend three months as a monk okay, in a like temple. A service. Yes, <laughs> dread. Yeah. And then yeah. you know you have to go with your bowl and beg yeah. and stuff like that. And and you, it, it's okay. part of the culture. culture. A yeah. foundation of humility. Yeah, <laughs> I like it. Yeah, yeah. And uh, and and I think this is now. And we need to reboot. We need to. A bit like Prince in that sense, you know, when he put his finger in the slave mm. record companies yeah, yeah. and all of that and are no longer known as Prince. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And almost martial arts needs to rebrand and reboot. Right. Because when we think of martial arts, we think of fighting. Yeah. We think of that bullying, we think of low self-esteem, we think Bench. of discipline. <laughs> oh, the kids need discipline. Yeah. Yeah. They, they need to know what to do. And But really, it's a lot deeper. It's understanding culture, mm. philosophy, mm. kind of understanding about language, understanding about herbs, medicine, poetry, well, right? all of it. Yeah. And this is where I, earlier on I said to understanding about the scholar and the warrior approach mm. and understanding both of, of that. And, and our ancestors knew this very much. Mm. Well, because when you're not at war, you must be at peace, peace. Yeah. and you must be writing poetry. You must be yes. Doing playing instruments yeah, for real. in that sense, plays of instruments yeah. and, and then we give us more harmonious feelings. Mm. So when we're on the battlefield, we find that movement, yeah. psh, moving through time and space. Mm -hmm. We're constantly aware mm. how that harmony feels inside us when we're under extreme stresses. Right. Yeah. Whether a man is walking towards you in the car and you're mm. just like, get you don't know where it comes. It just comes. There's a comfortableness, a yes. softness. Mm. Exactly. And a kind of emptiness a softness mm. and and sometimes we're not even aware of that yeah. until mm. wow he just walked away why did he walk away well babes you 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 just went somewhere else i've never <laughs> seen you like that let's talk more um chronologically about your journey through learning martial arts you said you were doing judo hapkido Hapkido, for all those who don't know, is the Korean martial art. They call it the Korean national art. Mm. Joint locking, kicks, punches, and all that stuff. Mm. And I want to see the thread that goes from that to Tai Chi. Because if you ask anybody, what's Tai Chi? I'd say to them, if they asked me, I'd say, well, when I walk through um, Hong Kong in the mornings, <coughs> right, and I see lots of people doing these very soft, graceful, balletic mm -hmm. movements, that's Tai Chi. Mm -hmm. And they would say to me invariably, 
But that's not, not fighting. Yeah, that's not fighting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I'm interested in that journey as well. Okay. So, so that journey, before that journey, I, I, was, uh, I was a student in Hapkido. And then at the same time... Who was I your was, first um, instructor? My first instructor was Gavin Sneal. Ah. Gavin Sneal uh, from uh, Hanyong Hapkido Association. Is this the Gavin that Master Jack used to yes. train alongside? Yes, and oh, then right. his teacher is Master Hong. Right. And Master Hong uh, is a real interesting character because he was sent by the Korean government to teach Hapkido in the UK. Okay. And, uh, to, to everybody or to, to special forces? To special forces, right, right. to the army. Mm. And he then went up to Norwich and taught a group of people up there. Right. And an amazing character. And he's my Hapkido teacher today. I'm still under his wing. Uh, every so often I get a call from Barry. Hello, Barry. Master Hong. Uh, <laughs> are you training? I'm, I'm like, Yes, master. <laughs> <laughs> suddenly I feel like 12 years old again. That's wonderful. You need to train, Barry. You need to train hard. Okay. Okay. You must give it your best shot. You must train. And uh, when you've got a, an interesting character like that wow. behind you mm. and... Uh, and he stayed at my house and and uh, he's into the Diamond Sutra. You can have a look on Google. Right. Uh, he's all into the philosophy and, and, uh, and yeah, he's a, a real interesting character. And so as uh, other teachers as well, there's been another teacher called Trevor Ran, uh, Jacques, as we know as mm -hmm. well. He was also one of my teachers and kind of like led me and guided me. And also, uh, I, I need to actually big up Jacques a lot because mm -hmm. Jacques is the one who really, again, like when we talked about self-esteem and stuff like that, I had no self-esteem. Right. And Jacques really saw something which I didn't see. Mm. This is Master Jacques Jules. Yeah. And Master Zach Shores, wherever you are in, in Mauritius, in, Mauritius <laughs> yeah. in, in that nice, beautiful place, you yeah. deserve every bit of it. And uh, that's a just, unique character. <laughs> and uh, and I met him as a young. I met him in the eighties. I did, right. and we. He was a lot older than me, mm. and uh, and he was always nice to me. Always nice. And uh, and maybe he could see I was a bit troubled or a bit lost or mm, whatever. Probably. But he he always he gave me one of my first teaching uh, careers and jobs at the London School of Economics. Yeah, yeah. He also and which I was getting paid very good money. That's the first place I trained with Jack. So yeah. LSE, yeah. Yeah, and he had faith. He had confidence in me, which I didn't even have in myself. He's got a knack of that, hasn't he? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You say and, no, uh, I can't do that. Is it? What are you talking about? <laughs> yeah. And oh, yeah. Uh, and he right he. 
when I met him, he had this big, big afro, uh, a bit like yeah. Gene Kelly out of mm. Enter the Dragon. Yeah, yeah. He was like that. He was like very much like that. And, uh, and, and maybe he encountered a lot more than I knew of. And, uh, but, uh, so yeah, mm. much respect. Big to up Master, Master Jack. Yeah. Wasn't he and a bus driver? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was. Yeah, and, uh, yeah. yeah, very humble. Yeah, humble. Yeah, lovely man. <laughs> and, uh, um, I can't wait for him to come back actually, because I haven't seen him for a, a little while. It's either he, I meet up with him over here, or I might have to jump on a plane. It's one or the mm -hmm. other. Um, yes. So going from the Hapkido, I was experimenting, exploring, mm. and uh, I got into kickboxing with the Mugendo boys right. down in Tunbridge Wells Club, King's Cross with Major Suzuki. Because at the time, Hapkido was not really supposed, it wasn't sanctioned as being competitive. No, yeah. it wasn't a competitive. And I remember they there was a big bust up element. with um, uh, Masangobani in Northern Ireland, yes. and he, he went into that, and it was a big... That's right. I remember and, that. I mean, again, another an amazing Hapkido yes, guy. If yeah. you get an opportunity to train with him in Ireland, he yeah. he's again a very humble guy and really knows his stuff. Mm. And so I was exploring and and cut paste edit save okay. as <laughs> you know, to, yeah. to, you know all, all, all of it yeah. and uh, maybe I had too many tabs open and running right. a bit slow yeah, and yeah. but I was hungry. I was right. searching right. and uh, and. So I got involved at uh, kickboxing, which I met up with, uh, again, another amazing teacher called Chris McNish. And uh, he trained under Major Suzuki. And Major Suzuki was teaching uh, karate. Then they developed freestyle karate in the 70s, what became kickboxing. Right. And uh, American kickboxing. And Chris McNish, again, was one of these real characters. And then there was another one called Dwyer, uh, Sensei Dwyer, who also was an amazing fighter and athlete and human being as well. Mm. And both of them also had a, a lot of faith and confidence in me again, but with I didn't have. And both yeah. of those people were kind of Jamaican, West Indian mm -hmm. heritage. This episode was brought to you by Reality Sound System and Alpha Bravo Films. Mm. So, uh, and then I got into Wing Chun. Okay. So Wing Chun. This was after a motorbike accident. That's ah, exactly it. So, research. so mm. I was, again, very low, very down. And uh, as all athletes do when they're injured, mm. suddenly... I wasn't Superman and, mm. and realised that I was flavable and, and I was, you know, so I went to look at the upper part of the body of understanding the upper part of just isolating the movements and, mm. and getting understanding. So I trained with a guy called Austin Go. Oh, and, uh, really? And yes. I trained with him for five years religiously. Okay. From Monday to Friday, we become very, very close friends. Uh, he got me a job 
on uh, a remix of Everybody is Kung Fu Fighting, okay. which again is one of those iconic <laughs> songs. And yeah, suddenly I grew up as a young child looking at Top of the Pops, watching... <laughs> What's his name? Is it Douglas? Carl Douglas. Carl, Carl Douglas. Douglas. Yeah. Mm. You know, with his bandana. Yeah. And blah, blah, blah. Oh, we thought that was and so then, cheesy. Man. Did, Me and my brothers, yeah. we would hide. We did. So <laughs> that, and then there was a remix. Buddies, kind of white, middle class, okay. whatever. And uh, they had a remix of it. And who was there on the set? He was there and he was all part of it. Okay. So I got to mm-hmm. meet him. And there's a video out there with me somewhere doing stuff all right but yeah. uh but i love wing chung and uh and then from wing chung i gravitated to they say the thinking man's martial arts tai okay. chi right yeah did some qigong as well right I, uh, qigong and tai chi are like brothers and sisters oh, right, they go right. hand in hand right, a right. bit like hapkido and taekwondo right. they're like brothers and sisters okay and judo that they're, they're all interrelated right, yeah. like brazilian jiu-jitsu and judo mm, yeah right or jiu-jitsu that they're, they're all part of the, the, the same family so yeah i was just saying the the wing chun when you started the wing chun was the university of wing chun still on the euston road at the time i i don't know because i i was very much like that right i was like like a racehorse i was just like not looking out i was just like and i get a bit obsessed okay and i think anyone who's like spends a lot of time doing stuff i think we get very much kind of like tunnel vision right and and it was like we get very obsessed and my partner will tell you she's like Oh, I'm, I'm into gardening at the moment. Okay. And I'm like... I was going to ask you about your other stuff as well, but yeah, I wanted to get that, the, t- the Tai Chi and, stuff uh, there. So, but I'm very... I was very, like, five years, like I say, it's like Monday to Friday. Wing Chong, Wing Chong, Wing Chong. All the workshops as well, yeah. mm. everything. I stuck to him like glue. Yeah. Austin had a shop down Carnaby Street, little Kung Fu shop, okay. mm. you know, and okay. uh, so I used to hang out there help out, you mm. know, cut my teeth there. Yeah. And uh, and then I heard about the notorious kind of the basement down in Stoke Newington, which was uh, run by a guy called Nino Bernandez, okay. which also Shaq, I believe, trained in a screamer and Filipino martial arts right. and yes, stuff like that, right. which apparently I hear later on that Nino well, trained with Wong Shong Long, which was, he was a very famous kind of like rooftop fighter in right. Hong Kong. Mm. And uh, he was told, no more Filipino martial arts. It's like Wing Chun or... But these are just rumours and stuff like that, stuff like that. But uh, so while I was training with Austin Go, I went down to to the basement and I rocked up like a cheeky young little (laughs) young man. (laughs) Your love And I was like, where is this place? The basement? I'm like, yeah, come on, man. Let's get down there. And uh, I went down there. And I uh, got there, and uh, I think I may have even crashed my car trying to find it or something <laughs> like that. You know, I was so Proper eager, eager and, and so hungry for it, uh, hunting and stuff. And so, so I eventually found it. I went in. And back in the day, it ain't, you can't just rock up to no, someone's you class. You've got to be invited. And it's like, well, who are you? So I turned up all just like, yeah, yeah. It's like, yeah, I've come to check you out. The man is like, you come to check me out. It? It's like, well, well, who are you? And, and you know, and, mm. and what are you? And he 
and he came outside of the class, closed the door, we had a private chat, and then I was on my feet, gone, and uh, and it was just, you know, you, you're not allowed, you're not, okay, wow. you're already training somewhere else. Right. Yes. And that's part of learning the martial art etiquette. Yeah, 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 yeah. You're eating food on your plate, why do you want other food? Yeah, for mm. real. Unless you're finished with that, then... Mm. Yeah. What camp are you in? Yeah, because back in the days, now we have mixed martial arts, very different. Mm. Yeah, I do a bit of judo. Yeah, I do a bit of Brazilian jiu jitsu. Yeah, yeah, then I do my striking, my muay thai, yeah. and then I do my my American wrestling. Mm. You know, and yeah. so it's like everything is so much more embraced. Mm. Before back in the day, everything was very separate. Yeah, you're in that camp, you stay over that camp. Mm. You know, mm. and back in the day. It's like martial arts, it's like Coca-Cola. Mm -hmm. Coca-Cola went to India and Indian people said, we want to know the recipe. Right. <laughs> no, you don't know our recipe. Uh, yeah. <laughs> oh, Indian people went, go away, Coca-Cola. Then okay. you, 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 We don't want you. <laughs> mm. So a martial art training system is learning their recipe of how to fight, mm. how to be, how to understand mm. yeah. movements, and and you, you, it wasn't about just like, just, yeah, I, I want to see what you do. And I was very maybe inexperienced and impolite. Yeah. And I I was learning. Mm. How, how old was you roughly these times? I was probably around about in my early 20s. Okay. And this is just after my motorbike accident. Yeah, so it was, yeah, early 20s. Okay. And remember that we were younger and there wasn't the internet around and it wasn't right. YouTube. You had foils, bookshops, yeah, Watkins. Road. I don't yeah. remember Watkins. Though. And Watkins is a bit more esoteric. Right. Okay. It is. And uh, and then you had Compendium Bookshop, which was the hippie okay. kind of bookshop. And I didn't have pictures in my mind. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, so everything was... Harder no, knowledge. Yeah, you, you, you had to, to attain it. Yeah, you had to, to seek to it. get it, and so you'd sit down in the bookshops and read the books, mm. and because you couldn't afford them, and you'd be For sitting real. on the steps mm. and kind of. So so yeah, that I, I from Wing Chun, uh, I wanted to understand, and I didn't understand this at the time. I wanted to go into more Chinese martial arts. Mm -hmm and understand more about my culture right. of where I come from. Mm. And and that's, in hindsight, I can say that. But in the process, yeah. I didn't understand that as right. a young man. Yeah, yeah. Kind of understanding about my culture, my mm. philosophy, the history, of where a certain part comes from, my Irish ancestors, mm. my Celtic ancestors. Mm. And I kind of had an understanding. I felt kind of a connection with that. Right. And, uh, and and I guess having an, an absent father of the culture, mm. the food, mm. the, uh, the mentality. Well, when your father was absent, was the whole of his family absent as yes. well? Yes. Right, okay. Yes. Wow. Yeah. So, so that means really, the whole culture yeah. is denied. You've got part of you is missing, basically. Yes, it? yeah. And you found it in martial arts, or yeah. Chinese yes. martial arts specifically. Yes, very, very much so. Yeah, yeah. But then, so much so, but then... I was teaching at Camden Chinese Community Centre, mm. Community Centre, which is the first cultural Chinese centre to be set up in the UK. Okay. Let's talk about the Zulu warrior. 
Yeah. Jashaka. I know you went to his nine night the other day, so I know that he played a paramount a paramount part in your life. So just tell me about when you used to first go to Shaka, the vibes you used to get. Tell me the thing. Yeah, <laughs> what can I say? As in, first, you know, give thanks and praise to Jashaka yeah, and all the blessings Rest and good vibes. Yeah, what sorry. what he guided us mm-hmm. and everything like everything you know everything just like guidance and protection another one of these icons just, yeah just again just mm-hmm. from early days of going south london and mm-hmm. on the train on the bus and mm-hmm. if you're north london and if you're going mm-hmm. over to south london yep. those were treacherous days yeah. <laughs> going to <laughs> south <laughs> london i thought i was the only one in front of South London was, you know, was a bad man yeah. turf and, and, and it was, it was, you know, unknown territory mm. and going to these places where there wasn't many white people and back in the day I used to have very long hair okay. and, uh, and, and yeah, it, it was just an amazing environment to be in mm-hmm. just and whether it's massive there's the stereotype like over six foot rusters with big staffs in the room and, yeah, and, yeah, and, all of it and it's just like yeah what? and just the consciousness of the lyrics yes. and and that the hardship you know, yeah. all of it. Rice and peas in the ghetto. <laughs> you know. So you know you were all saying of it. like being the only white person, so to speak, in a dance or mixed race, sorry. Um I suppose your martial arts and everything and those teachings helped keep your stance and your balance and your position within the environment. You see what I'm saying? It gave you a good like balance. Yeah, as a person, absolutely, you know because I mean? you didn't want to be intrusive, and you, you know what I mean. You just want to hold your corner. Yes, yeah, you know I mean? absolutely. And I was very much kind of back in the day, a bit like all of us. We'd like walk out with nunchuckers under our arm, <laughs> so they could pull out. Yeah, <laughs> and and then like like you see me wearing a Chinese uh, top yeah, now. I love it. I, I, I'd wear like a Chinese top to Shaka. Yeah. Okay. You know, and back in the day, sometimes if I was like brave enough, I'd get my little Chinaman hat, Wicked. you know, yeah. and just kind of represent yes, the culture, which, you know, I didn't really know. Yeah. I only learned from mm. TV or books mm. or, or whatever, but I was representing yeah. and I was doing my thing. Yeah kind of Kung Fu Cockney guru yeah. kind of a mix up of See, it all yeah. and that's when you know straight from the mothership yeah, yeah, man. you know yeah, where you're from and uh, yeah. so so yeah I, I, it, it was it was just so real and honest I for, for us, well, for me, and I know for a lot of us, it was a, it was a thing like you go Kung Fu and then you go Shaka. So it kind of went hand in hand yeah. at a certain time. You know what I mean? You'd go to late night, watch a couple films. When late night finished, you go Phoebe's or you go Norik or whatever. You know yeah. what I'm saying? And taking Shaka and, yeah. like I say, you see all the moves, the Kung Fu moves and the skanking. and That's right. You know what I mean? uh, everything, what you've just said there, yeah. it, that there was a massive crossover. There was. There was. And, and, but... Yeah. There was like, kind of like, culturally, there were like, oh, well, you know, what, what was like all of these like black people and 
kind of like Asian people over there in late night smoking and we were all smoking and mm -hmm. they were all smoking or coming from gambling. You'd go yeah. to Holloway late night yeah. and five venoms <laughs> and snake in a monkey yeah. shadow yeah. and, yeah. you know, all tool. of it. And, and, and it was just, and then it was always one black guy with a Chinese girl there, what just always See. looked like the Don Dada. See. Kind of like, it's like, well, how does she get like a Chinese girl? It's like... That's not even one level of that fascination. And... Again, the cross cultures of the world, yeah. and then the resentment. You could see the Chinese guys looking at the black guy like, <laughs> oh, disrespect our culture, and yeah, yeah. you know all of that bullshit, yeah, man, which yeah. we got lost in, and yeah. we got. It was like magic, sprinkles of magic, mm. which was we were attracted to, and there was a, a magic there, yeah, and Shaka was like the punk rock of reggae in that sense. He was like going in a different direction mm. with the sirens and went, oh my God, you hear the yeah, sirens? Yeah, definitely went all, yeah, yeah. all of it, it was just like, uh, it wasn't like kind of smiley culture kind of yeah, vibe. Yeah, yeah. Completely different. It's King David style. Yeah. yeah going, going Phoebe's was like going to church, man. That's yeah. why, you know, when Shaka went and played other places, it didn't resonate with me personally as much as going Phoebe's. Yes. Phoebe's had its, not only was he a resident there every Friday night, it was part basement. of my weekly chronology. You know <laughs> what I mean? Your beard pun Sunday, you got Shaka on Friday. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? It's part, part of that order. weekly thing. So to go with Shaka and, you know, he's in Brixton Town Hall, yeah, you'd go, but yeah. it wouldn't have the same vibe, the same Absolutely. resonance at all. And, and, but, then, in, in a sense, it's interesting you, you you say all of this because also being a sound man, I was part of a sound of Roots Ting mm. sounds, okay. and uh, we really? were like brothers. Okay. And uh, we, I helped make some of them speakers. See. You had Simon, who was the sound man, See, and and then you've got Roots Ting, the selector. I was also one of those selectors. Okay. And so was Michael Kennedy. So was Darren Blair, and. Mm. Uh, yeah. yeah, and finally wh whittled down to Roots Ting. Yeah, it did. Yeah, and uh, he's still going now. Yeah, he's still, still going now. Yeah. He plays a lot more in France. Yeah, he, he played West London a few weeks ago, about a month yeah. or so ago. Yeah. yeah, so we were like like brothers, like proper okay. kind of like Go we on. lived together. We started a business with each other mm. called Helping Hands, and uh, but you know things part yeah and uh and we're learning yeah. again how to be men men yeah, for real. and how to be big men yeah when they talked back in the day like this big people's dance i never quite understood that and mm. now i understand that yeah, so, yeah. As I but you have to put your big boy pants on yeah yeah, yeah 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 it's yeah. like come for real man so now you're actively uh teaching at the moment so you're still teaching at london school of hapkido is that uh, still at LSE? Uh, no, oh. no. That's uh, in North London, Kentish Town now. Oh, right. That is, Kentish yeah. Town. And you're running the show? Who you, you... I'm the teacher of the London branch. Right. I'm, a f I'm under Master Hong oh. of the Han Young Hapkido yeah, Association. Yeah. And uh, the headquarters are up in Norwich. Right. In Norfolk. Wasn't up in Norwich, they had another sort of spin-off... Yes, brand of that's right. Simu, 
something that was was that Jerg Ziegler? Yes, that's Swiss right. Dude. Absolutely. Yes. Sin Mu Hapkido. Yes, that's right, exactly right. it. Yeah, absolutely. You've got it. Okay. So um, Tai Chi, tell me, tell me the the fascination or the appeal for you as a practitioner and as an instructor. Tai Chi for me is like my pension. It's like now. For instance, if we look at the fire brigade or we look at the police force or we look at any kind of work environment and if you've been working Where there... Where are we going? <laughs> <laughs> and if you can be working there from a young age yes. to have a really good pension. Right. And there's not many of them from back in the day. Right. They get You get more and more, and more money yeah. as you get older. Right. And I use this analogy because... Everyone relates to money, unfortunately, yeah, of yeah, course. Yeah, yeah. And, and so I see Tai Chi as a high-interest account, like an okay. ISIS. Mm. And, and it's interesting. Going back to Hapkido, there was a woman who brought hot yoga over okay. from America called Bikram Yoga. Mm. And her name was Michelle. And she also trained here at Hapkido. And she was responsible for Bikram Yoga coming over to UK. Did and you know I went yoga to, was a thing? I didn't know. I, yeah. I, I knew somebody who did that. Yeah. And uh, where they put big heaters on and they do it. But anyway, mm. I went to one of her class. She was there. She goes, oh, Barry, it's you from Hakido. She went out with one of the teachers there, etc. And she goes, you must, how's your body? My, my Mine's messed up. Mm. And I was like, Mine's fine. Mm. Mm. I've been doing Tai Chi and Qigong. Right. And, uh, and as I said earlier on, I've recently, just before lockdown, I started Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. Mm. The teacher is the same age as me and the same birthday, the wow. same date, the same month, the same year. He's been wow. doing martial arts all his life. Mm. Uh, and he... He, yeah, he's like, he's like, wow, the way that you move is incredible. You use a phrase, your body bank. Yeah, it's the body bank. Yeah, absolutely, Tony. Yeah. When we look at the lotus blossom, mm. we always focus on the beautiful, enlightened, the lotus blossom, but we forget about the long stem oh, underneath stuff. the water, yeah. mm. the hollow stem mm. of the lotus blossom, mm. and then the dirt and the murky muddy mm. waters and they're entwined and mm. everything twisted mm. messed up the roots all like twisted and untwined which is the real beauty really yes. because that's the nourishment yes. that's the, on a cellular level yes. that's the beauty yeah. yeah and that's where i get my beauty from right and, you know the pretty and the ugly mm. beauty and the beast yes. the fawn and the rose mm. it kind of sheds some light on my approach and again these are all things i've learned from different teachers and what does tai chi give to me again is the teachers what you encounter mm. finding the right teachers the right elders right. the right people you hang about whether good things stick to you bad things stick to you mm. you need to just go no that's mm. not me no mm. no that's not the real me mm. no no that's not the real me either no 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 that's not the Same. real me yeah okay i think that might be mm. 
starting to look a bit like the yeah. Mm. You did mention uh, everything was good with a certain uh, teacher or instructor, but then you got you said something you got gurued out. I, I yes, I'd use that very word. much. Probably so. too guruish. And, and some <laughs> teachers can be very good at teaching you how to to do a roundhouse kick, mm. yeah. how to get you into a choke, mm. how how to you know do tan style, pack style, mm. fox style, and and all of these things, but. They're gambling. See, mm. they're, they're, they're always having arguments. Mm. Yeah, they're vices. They're, they're always sleeping with the students. Yeah, they're, they're, they're always. There's a purity troubles. of spirit. Yeah, yeah. and that's yeah. yeah. Yeah, and and looking for that holistic mm. thing, and I found that very much in Richard Watson and Simon Watson, wow. and again the family vibe mm. and the whole family mm. unit and mm. in that sense. Mm. And again, whether that comes from something from my personal journey, yeah. discovery, mm. looking for the family and whether it's the family in Shaka dance, when you reach there and you go, yeah. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. And you just look, you mm. don't need to say anything else. Mm. And over the years and years, you turn up to Shaka and, mm. and you're there and it's it's not, you don't get your stripes from one or two, it's like yeah. one or two decades. Mm. And it's like, oh, you're still here. Yeah. And you're still busting those moves. Mm. Oh, and, right. See. <laughs> and we should pay a tribute to uh, Richard Watson. Yeah, well. and Richard Watson was a, was a formidable human being and he practiced martial arts from a very, very young age and uh, again, come from a very working class, poor mm. kind of, and then climbed his ladder of his life and mm. his experience. He just did the one art, right? He he done Tai Chi, mm. and him and his son Simon uh, and Richard were really uh, important people for me. I had another teacher before, and he got all gurued out. He was a great teacher at the beginning of my beginning uh, apprentice. Mm. I was my sorcerer and uh, apprentice. Mm. Yes, yes. And like Luke Skywalker and See. Yoda. Yeah, yeah. And sometimes <laughs> you got to slow down, Rasta. You need to yeah, stay yeah. here. Mm. No, yeah. just, you know, mm. we're not ready for King David style yet. We're ready for Shanty style. Yeah. <laughs> just move. We're not ready for Completely steppers. Completely appropriate yeah. for that yeah, time. It's like, See, yeah. yeah, when the lights turn on and shake, now nah, we're ready mm. to step. And it's like, <laughs> okay. yeah. So, yes, a big thank you to Richard yes. Watson and yes. Simon Watson. So, currently... Uh, what you're doing now, uh, we've established that you're teaching now. Uh, what's the future hold for Master Baza? Uh, Master Baza, <laughs> I'm very kind of. He's already mentioned Penson. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's the body bag. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. And uh, very much being present in 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 what I'm receiving. In this, in this, these times, these are th these are tough times at mm. the moment. What we're living in, mm. in, 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 in this day and age, and and they are turbulent times, I mm -hmm. would say. And so, who knows what the future holds? I'm very relaxed and day to day, as we all had to take mm. and adopt, yes. very much so. Right. What we've just come out of. And so for me, 
I'm I'm spending a lot of time in Bagua. There's uh, Bagua. There's free internal martial arts in the Chinese systems. Bagua, Xingyi, and Tai Chi. Tai Chi is the more known internal martial arts. Right. There's internal martial arts and external martial mm. arts in the martial art worlds, mm. and you can't have one without the other. Mm. And there's a constant. Uh, we have it in the music, uh, in the funk analogy. You got to get up to get mm. down, and oh, you got to yeah. get down to get up. Yeah. So you can't have yin without yang, yeah. and mm. you can't have soft without hard. Yeah. So I'm, I'm spending a lot of time in Bagua and Xingyi at the moment with my teacher. And you have a certain responsibility, again, as you come to a certain age, you become uh, someone who has to be responsible to carrying a culture, mm. a lineage of, of a certain style of martial arts whether it's hapkido whether it's shingi whether it's bagua whether it's a family lineage art mm. and i was i was listening to a woman talk about gaelic music and scottish and irish music and she said a beautiful thing these songs didn't belong to anyone they were given to yeah they're given to you yeah. and when they're given to you you are uh, like a custodial. Yeah, you're, you're there no to look ownership. after them. You're like yeah. the vessel. Yeah, you're, you're there to look after them and yeah. to pass mm. them on. So, so really, I, I am at that stage of my life in this process of still developing my own practice, and because I just love learning and being a student in mm. martial arts. Yeah, it's very much about being. Uh, someone who passes on the art and it's my time to give back mm. I took an, a lot from now mm. I have to give back yes. as we take from the land we must yeah. also yes. we yeah. go back to the land in that sense I don't know if we could have made a more beautiful ending to this fascinating Absolutely. conversation <laughs> Barry Master Barry I'm going to yes. call you from now on not because of <laughs> No, no, no master, uh, uh, no master. No, I just want to thank you for your generosity. Thank yep. you for your openness. And thank you for spending time talking with us. It's been an absolute joy and a pleasure. And lovely yeah. to see you again after so <laughs> many years. Yes, and just thank you for giving me the opportunity right, of sharing. Honor, trust me. Uh, of that. And a lot of that is quite challenging for me as well yeah, to share a lot of that. But hopefully, like you said what's behind the person who does it it's not about what you've achieved it's like how did you get there oh, and the journey, man. yeah how's that possible yeah really because really our youths and and all the people there's as so much trouble in the world mm. today as the yeah. great master mm. said 